Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Annalise. And I'm Sam. You're listening to the Clarkson Ignite podcast coming to you from Zoom this week. Our mission is to shape this podcast to the Ignite slogan, which is Think, Make, Ignite. We hope to connect individuals across Clarkson's diverse community and give you interesting and unique content. Our hope is that you can walk away from our episodes learning something new and valuable, something that will truly inspire you. For this week's episode, we spoke with Lucas Root. Lucas is a former Clarkson student who currently works as a consultant for many large companies, including Pokemon. We had Lucas on this week to talk about launching a startup as a student and how future startups might be affected in light of COVID. It was great to have Lucas on, and I know I definitely learned a lot, as I hope you will. Hi, Lucas. I'm Annalise. Hi, Annalise. I'm Sam. Hi. Hi, Sam. Already met you, kind of, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for joining us today. So, I think to start, will you just tell us a little bit about your time at Clarkson? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, before I fully go into the, my time at Clarkson, why don't I tell you why I'm really excited about sharing what we're talking about today? Sure. So, um, Clarkson... And going to college in a general sense, and I hope a lot of your students can connect to this, was the very first time in my life when I was doing the thing that I wanted to be doing. You know, we go to Mm -hmm. school until the end of high school because we have to. It's compulsory. Um, And we do some activities to get us out of our parents' hair. And obviously, these activities are fun, right? And we have some choice in terms of which activities we engage with. But it, again, it's compulsory. We're doing these because our parents make us. And, um, and then we get out of school and all of a sudden the whole world opens up and your perspective on everything changes instantly. And Clarkson, me, uh, me going to college, me being at Clarkson, that was the first time I got to be any kind of an adult in terms of I'm here because I want to be. I'm studying what I want to study. This is my life and I get to do this my way. Um, And so I'm really excited about sharing some of the tips and tricks that I started to learn then, and I was learning them kind of by accident then, but I've turned them into a tool set that has served me incredibly well since then. So um, my time at Clarkson, well, uh, I I arrived thinking that I was going to study engineering, and I did, Um, but I also added on physics on top of that, and then um, I got minors in mathematics and public speaking just because, you know, I was there because I wanted to be there. And there's all (laughs) sorts of cool things to sign up for and jump into. And um, along the way, I also played in basically every pop-up soccer game that existed and most of the club versions. And uh, I skied and um, I, you know, I I made it my own. I did the best that I could with it. Part of the reason that that worked well for me is because I'm not very good, I am now, but I wasn't then very good at creating my own structures, a structure that would serve me. And I knew that, and I knew that structures are really important to success, particularly in school. So um, I lined myself out from morning till night with activities that were um, semi-structured already, right? I know that if I'm going to be in class from 8 to 9, and then I have two hours of free time, I know that there's going to be a, a pop-up soccer game happening at the fields, or I'm going to go over to the, the hockey rink and, and play, some, play some ball there. Um, and so 
if I know these activities are happening, then I don't have to wonder what I'm going to do with that time. And the time doesn't just sort of slip away and get lost. So I, I filled my time up with activities and that worked really well for me. It created a, um, it created a structure that I could work inside of. <clears throat> yeah. That's so interesting because that's kind of been my experience as well. So like my freshman year, it was, you know, a lot of free time and I wasn't used to that. And then as time went on now, since I'm a junior, I found a lot of activities to, um, you know, grab onto, like you said, soccer. I now I'm the treasurer for the club soccer team that adds on more responsibility and more things in my free time. And it's made my whole experience a lot better. And now with ignite now I've, I have, you know, extra things not to worry about, but to occupy my time. So yeah, I think that's that. the best part about college is you can pick up a ton of things and somehow fit them all into your day. <laughs> yeah. And Clarkson has a lot of clubs and activities that you can be a part of a lot more than what I've experienced in like, the normal traditional high school where it's just Spanish club, key club, but now there's clubs for all different types of, you know, the engineering fields and Dungeons and Dragons and Frisbee. <laughs> and there's just so many different things you can do. So I, I also played tabletop role play games. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Shadowrun was my game. Oh, okay. So yeah, you, you have to do something. <laughs> you have to do something. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do now and how all these, like the things like structure and all of that that you learned at Clarkson helped play into your success in your career? Yeah. Exciting. <laughs> um, no, seriously, I'm not just saying that. it's really exciting. <laughs> um, so I'm now a consultant to really big, um, really powerful brands. Um, my, my favorite client is the Pokemon company. Speaking of gaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're not my only client, but, but they're a huge, really powerful brand. Um, and there are some really cool things about them that sort of tie into this conversation. I'm going to take a little aside and talk about that. Um, mm -hmm. The Pokemon company believes that their strength in the market is how deeply focused they are on a very narrow approach to the market. It's very much like the Apple company. Um, they think that everything there's, there are lots of things that have to happen in order for a business to be successful, but they think that they should stay really, really focused inside their brand and executing their brand really, really, really well. And everything that has to happen, but, but isn't focused inside the brand, they outsource it. And it's so cool to see them do this. Um, mm -hmm. because it's sort of like, it's the thing that you hear business gurus talking about saying, you should do this and you should do it like this. And, and there's the Pokemon company and the Apple company that actually do that. And they're so phenomenally successful. Um, so this, this sort of structure of your day, right? Your day routine, um, building, working from home and, and building that into something that serves you as a tool is something that, that, as I said, it was born actually in my college days for me anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has become a, a really significant success factor for me as a consultant in that I can pick up and hop on a plane and, and go serve my clients. And I don't lose a whole day because of travel, because of what I've done, what I've built in order to serve me in terms of creating consistent, high quality productivity day after day by creating a routine inside which I can function all the time. Hmm. Awesome. 
Does that make sense? I, makes sense. Yeah. Does, yeah. I think that's something that a lot of college students are still working on. I, me personally, I'm still working on it. It's, it's definitely hard when you don't have that scheduled routine to make sure that you're fitting everything in and getting everything done on time. To be fair, a lot of adults are having a hard time with that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Especially now. Yeah. So how did you get into this career that you're in now with consulting? Um, funny story. It was actually the plan. <laughs> there you go. Um, a, 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 a weird story here. I sat down with a buddy of mine who's still a very close friend of mine um, and ironically lives in Southern California now too. <laughs> um, I sat with him while we were 17 uh, over lunch on, on a weekend that we were skiing together. Um, and we talked about our future. And uh, he, he and I sort of said, this is what we want to do. We want to go to school, get a degree. It doesn't really matter what it is because, you know, uh, unless you're actually intending to work in that degree, most people just care that you have one. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because that means you guys can study the thing that really lights you up knowing that you're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, so go to school, get a degree, graduate, move to New York City, uh, work on Wall Street for about a decade, and then quit and start our own consulting company. And he well, and I, um, you know, sitting over a lunch table at 17 years old, made that plan. And we have both in our own way executed exactly that. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Um, and you know, I sort of lost track in the middle, like, I, I forgot that that was the plan. And then I got to the other side of it about three years ago, when I started mentoring people, not just running my consulting business, but like mentoring people <clears throat> and working with other businesses. And they're like, well, how do you do this? And I was like, Oh, yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> yeah. Now, were there any hiccups along the road? Like, I mean, during college, there must have been something that came up where you're like, maybe something else could be the path that I take. Sure. I mean, there are always bumps in the road. There are always, you know, forks where you could take a little detour and, and mm-hmm. maybe it turns out that it wasn't a detour. It was a pivot. Right. And that's great. Um, you start out with a plan and you start executing and, um, you know, you, you get a little bit, a little ways down that road and then you find out that you want to do something different. That's awesome. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. In my case, that's not the way it turned out. But that doesn't mean that that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just the way it worked out. Nice. I think that's really cool that a plan you came up with when you're 17 years old that you actually stuck to. Because I know when I was 17, I did not know what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. I can honestly tell you from where I am today that I didn't know anything when I was 17. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it turned out to be a good plan, but that was truly dumb luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what advice would you give to a student that's looking to start a company of their own right now? Um, first just get started and move forward. Don't worry about succeeding or failing. Um, there, there is nothing you can do better than just get started and move forward. Really? I mean, that's, that's the gold standard. Honestly, (laughs) Um, (laughs) if you happen to succeed afterwards, just like my plan when I was 17, if you happen to succeed, that's great. Um, but just like I said about my plan, it was dumb luck. Um, number one, get started. Number two, work with really great mentors. Um, for better or worse, 
I had to sort of make it make it all up on my way. Um, and I've turned into um, a fairly decent success story. I would say, despite the fact that I had no help, not because of it. I think that good help is is way undervalued. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so excited about what you guys are doing with um, your startup community. It, you know, you're you're creating the opportunity for people to get good help. Um, exactly. So start, move forward. Don't worry about stumbling on your face. Get good help and trust that the good help that you get, you know, mentors, uh, teachers who are paying attention and care about your success, um, you know, the Clarkson community. Um, I actually still am in touch with the the instructor of the um, the Clarkson Consulting Company class that I took when I was a senior. Wow. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, make whatever deep connections you can along the way. And those are going to be people that, that you serve and that serve you um, as a result of that relationship and that connection that you have. Um, so, you know, don't worry so much about having a great idea. If you have a great idea, try to execute it. But don't worry about that. Just just get started. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Interesting. Well, um, I, I want to speak from my um, personal experience. So I have a friend who goes to Clarkson. He did something similar to that. He, and he advised me to do the same with um, uh, an Instagram page. And he started this, I think, probably a little over a year ago. And it's all about engineering. He's, he loves engineering and like the whole field, every, you know, every discipline. And so he posts um, cool facts about engineering, you know, the, the fields and everything. Um, and it was a slow growth. And um, I think his mom was telling him just to keep starting it or something. And then, you, you know, fast forward, you know, a little over a year. Now he has almost 110,000 followers and he's, you know, able to, you know, have ads and all these things. And the whole thing that he told me that he learned from it was exactly what you just said, which is just to start it, you know, yeah. and keep moving forward towards it. You know, you can always build something. You just have to start it. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's Clarkson is a great place to start things like this because there's so many opportunities to get help. And there are like, like the Shipley center is there to help you. Um, it's just, it's a great comfortable environment to just put your ideas out and hope that they go somewhere. Yeah, exactly. With yeah. with awesome, intelligent, motivated people that all want to contribute to that success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what changes do you see happening with everything moving to an online platform because of you COVID? Know, um, there are some really interesting questions that this has raised, and I haven't seen many people talking about it yet, but they will. Um, question number one: Our current corporate model for innovation is the result of a whole bunch of random connections, right? And, and Apple has designed their entire corporate campus around the idea that if you have to walk a long way to get to the water fountain, you're going to bump into people along the way, you're going to have conversations, and it's going to be those accidental, not, it's not accidental because they designed this, right? But it's going to be those random connections that you make while you're walking to the water cooler, that creates innovation. 
Mm. Now everybody's working from home. So we're not walking to the water cooler in a floor with a thousand other people. And we're not bumping into those people. Um, is innovation going to stop? And if it's not, yeah. how are we going to um, encourage the continuation of corporate innovation? How are we going to encourage the opportunity for people to do um, collaborative innovation and collaborative um, you know, projects that aren't necessarily the thing that they were intending to do that day? that they get inspired and excited and move forward on this thing that that they're not sure what's going to happen with it and neither is their their employer how are we going to make these things happen hmm. that's an extremely interesting thought because <laughs> now that everything is online i mean you would think that that alone would you know create some sort of innovation and it most likely will there probably will be a lot of because there's going to be a whole new business, you know, format coming mm -hmm. from just online. So, yeah, like the not running into people and because that there is that whole human connection that kind of, you know, defaults to innovation and <laughs> you know creativity. So it's it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing to think about. I'm not, uh, I, and I pay attention. I'm not seeing a lot of conversations about that. I am seeing a lot of conversations around the change in connectivity software, right? So Zoom is a connectivity software. It's the one we're using now. Um, and the, there's, this is springing up into a whole new industry, whereas before it was this little niche thing that people use from time to time. Now it's becoming truly mainstream, which is great. Um, it's great for me because I do this whole work from home thing where I train people how to be awesome at working from home. Um, <laughs> It's it's great for you guys because it changes the way that you can engage with the entire world, the whole world. But it's creating these new interesting questions that I'm not seeing a lot of people engaging with yet. How is this yeah. going to change innovation? And look, if it does change innovation, it could change innovation for really positive ways, right? If we can create innovation without bumping into each other physically on the way to the water cooler, then maybe we can start to create innovation across continents faster, better, deeper. Maybe we can start to create connections that will drive innovation that are tens of thousands of miles apart, mm. um, widen our communities, um, you know, the, 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 the possibilities of escaping the physical confines of innovation are really exciting. I think that's interesting because like bumping into people when you're going to get like some water or something, is just so easily like easy and mindless. You don't have to think about it. It just happens. But I think the interesting thing with using technologies like zoom is that like there actually has to be thought being put into it. Like people have to want to do it. Maybe yeah, it's not a it's not a basic, you know, way of life. It's has to be planned. Maybe, but so was going to the water cooler. That was also planned. Hmm. <laughs> maybe, I think it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, maybe we'll see new kinds of planned activities. For instance, um, I could see. Hmm, here's an interesting idea. Maybe one of you should start this. 
I could see somebody creating a uh, social media platform that randomly connects two different people at a predetermined but accepted time to people who are completely not otherwise connected out of the entire social media for a 15-minute phone call once a day. That's pretty interesting. I think There's we just experienced walk. Yeah, there we go. I was going to yeah. say we just experienced walking to the water cooler. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, as a group, right now. Yeah, um, be, and then you could you could categorize it so it's people, you know, with the same job as you, similar area, like location wise. It's kind of almost like have you seen that movie uh, Ready Player One? <laughs> yeah. Where like everything is online and it's you know virtual reality. I think. That would be extremely cool to see, <laughs> but that's obviously very far in the future, but everything, you know, because then you don't have to physically meet somebody. You could meet them online, but walking to a water cooler online. <laughs> <laughs> if the water cooler is the key, right? True. Yeah. You'll never know. <laughs> Yep. So I think this conversation has kind of led into another one of the questions we were thinking of asking you. Um, we were wondering what you thought about, like, do you think we'll see an increase or a decrease in the amount of startups, like, now that COVID is happening? I think initially it will be a decrease, but I think it'll mm -hmm. pick back up. What um, What's cool about, um, and I, there have been a lot of studies on this, what's cool about the notion of Silicon Valley from, you know, the 80s, 70s, it was, it was people who had a little bit of space, both mental space, right, headspace that they needed to fill somehow, and physical space, a gara actual garage that they could go and experiment with whatever it was that was coming out of their head. Um, so people who had a little bit of space that they needed to fill somehow. So it created things like garage bands that, that started up into real bands and started creating real amazing music. It also created, you know, the computer industry, which started out as this little sort of corner niche industry and grew into something that has truly, cha truly changed the world. Um, and, and each of those little groups of people that were all hanging out in their garage, banging away at some sort of idea, whether it's, you know, drums and a guitar, which is banging away at an idea or um, some circuit boards, a different kind of an idea. Um, what COVID has done is, for better or worse, it has forced us to retreat into our space. And part of what that does is it takes away some of the activities that we use to fill our mental space. So now we have space. So initially people are outside of their comfort zone. They're saying, all right, um, all of the things that I'm used to and all of the ways that I plan my day, they've been taken away from me. And now I sort of feel like I'm a fish out of water. So it takes a little while to adapt, right? Just like you guys took a little while to adapt to Clarkson life, right? Half of freshman mm -hmm. year at least. Yeah. But on the other end of that adaptation, we still have the space, the mental space that we need to fill. And we can fill that by diving into Netflix and Certainly a lot of people are and, and will continue to do that. But we can also fill that by engaging with ideas that are popping up. And that's mm -hmm. those, those kids in the 70s and 80s and 90s in Silicon Valley that were going into their garage and banging away at an idea. Some people right now 
are starting to engage with those ideas that are popping into their head. And so over the next six months to a year, we're going to start seeing the result of that. New ideas created by people who wouldn't otherwise have the mental space to engage with those ideas. Mm. But they're choosing to now because they've got nothing else to do with that space in their head. Their activities have been taken away. Their social has been taken away, right? Mm -hmm. And now, why not? Why not engage with that idea? I think that's a really interesting perspective. Um, I know that a lot of people are feeling like nervous about being able to get jobs um, and all that stuff, but realistically, they could just take one of their own ideas and build it into something, give themselves a job. I would love to see that. Um, I also think now is sort of a prime time. I mean, really, truly right now is a prime time for people to start to look at um, reorganizing and reusing the physical space that has been, um, you know, either gifted or granted or, or, or assigned to different purposes, right? Um, eight lane highways that go through the middle of a, um, that go through the middle of a, a city. Maybe that highway doesn't need to be um, a highway anymore. Maybe it now needs to be something else. Maybe people need to turn it into seating. And we're starting to see some of that in some of these city downtown areas where um, the sidewalk is getting taken over by the restaurants so that people can have outdoor seating so they can be safe to go dine, right, during, mm-hmm. the, during the COVID era. And then the parking is being taken away entirely so that it can be turned into sidewalk. And now the street has shrunk by literally 50% because Previously, 50% of most streets was parking. Sure. Um, and so what, what we're seeing is people are just reassigning that physical space that had been assigned for a, a different purpose previously. And now they're saying, well, we need to rethink how we're using that physical space, which I love. I love that. Um, right now is a great time to start rethinking other physical spaces. whether they're public spaces or not, but just other physical spaces. Is this Mm -hmm. the way we really want to be using this space? Hmm. Like a repurposing. Yeah. Interesting. I think it will be really interesting to see what comes out of all this and what changes are made. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of places that can be repurposed right now. (laughs) (laughs) It is difficult, but I think that, you know, once it gets figured out, um, yeah, it's, it's really mind blowing that like a year ago, nobody knew that this was going to occur and all of these big changes would take, would take effect. But yeah, um, no one except the statisticians, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, something's coming. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing big has happened for a while. We're due. <laughs> we were like, go away, go away. I don't want to hear you. Right. Yeah. Um, so since everything is going to an online platform, uh, do you think there will be an increase in like, opportunities for jobs? I'm already seeing an increase in some kinds of jobs. Um, I think that we've started to engage with the notion that I'm over the last decade, I've seen it. And, and in fact, I've actually done it myself that some jobs work really well, um, where the skill 
is easily trained and thus um, executing against that skill can be done anywhere, right? So um, sort of culturally, we accepted that that was true of manufacturing 30 years ago and we started offshoring all of our manufacturing. Um, since that has happened, technology has picked up and now manufacturing is mostly done by technology and very little of it is done by human hands, which means we're actually bringing manufacturing back on shore because it's cheaper to manufacture something that's done by a machine, right? Because the machine costs the same here as it does in China or in Vietnam. It's cheaper to manufacture something that's done by a machine close to the consumer because you pay less to transport it from the manufacturer to the consumer. So what we're seeing now is we're seeing people who are really, really good at categorizing and tabulizing those skills, right? And um, you might call that a process engineer, or you might call it a business analyst or somebody who's great at documentation. Um, those people are becoming very valuable because they're helping to make it possible to move a job from one location to another. In this case, manufacturing jobs from offshore back to onshore, which is great. I'm a big fan. Mm. Um, it's also making it a whole lot easier for us to do other things like accept that um, me personally, when I pick up the phone and call customer service, I want to speak to someone who speaks my language. Mm -hmm. Right? Makes sense. Which means yeah. um, it's better for me as a customer to get a hold of someone who is here in the United States, or at least someone who is English as a first language. Um, that's not necessarily a requirement. Someone who's really good with English as a second language probably is going to be just fine to me as well. Um, but I don't want someone who's going to make the conversation cumbersome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's an online job. Yeah. That would be prime example. Yeah, it's a great example. Um, I, I don't care whether or not the person who's answering the phone is sitting in London or Canada um, or Montana, right? Or here in San Diego. It doesn't make any difference to me. All of those people are English as a first language. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to have no problem communicating with any of them. No. That is very true. I mean, I have definitely heard of a lot of um, definitely like an increase in remote jobs, um, which I know for a lot of clerks and students looking for jobs right now, they've been really interested in it because it means they can like still live at home for a couple of years and save money and so they can buy a house. And so it's just really interesting to see all of the good opportunities coming out of something so wild and unexpected. Yeah, it has created some some really interesting um, opportunities. I mean, you could live mm -hmm. at home or you could live in Costa Rica and honestly, your boss probably won't know the difference. Exactly. Um, so I think that's all the questions I really had for you. Sam, would you like to add anything? Yeah, I had a question. So <clears throat> what are you, what advice are you giving to, um, big corporations like now? Yeah. Because of COVID, like kind of building off of what we just previously spoke about. Yeah. Um, I, I have clients lining up around the corner who are asking questions about how they're going to ensure their survival. Um, and the easy answer, and, and the easy answer in this case is actually a good answer, 
is engage with your customers as deeply as you can. Um, and the better that you get at serving your customer and the, the reason why the, your customer has chosen you, um, the better you get at serving your customer, the more likely your customer will continue to come back for you and in fact will do more than that. They might evangelize you. They might decide they tell all their friends and family, which is even better than marketing, right? Yeah, it's like, it's like feedback. Yeah. Um, so that's the easy answer. Um, there are also some harder answers that I tell people. Um, get really deeply strategic about how it is. And this is sort of the same thing I've talked about in this entire conversation, right? Get really deeply strategic about how it is that you want to engage with everything in your business, your customers, your vendors, your service providers, your employees, your executives, your board, your shareholders. Think about those engagements at a really deeply strategic level. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, what is it that you want to be saying and how do you want to be saying it? Not just from a marketing perspective, but who is it that you want to be and how do you want that to come out? Um, and, and corporations do have a corporate identity. And so now is a good time to really deeply engage with what that corporate identity is and how you want that corporate identity to play out across your playing field, your corporate playing field. And the more deeply strategic you are now, now while things are still a little bit slow and people still are, especially when people aren't commuting and, and potentially they don't have the distraction of having to go out and get coffee, right? They, they're at home. Coffee is only a, a door away. Um, now is a great time to engage with your employees in that conversation. Who is it that we think we are? Who is it that we actually want to be? How do we get from what we think we are to what we want to be and engage your employees in that, right? Cause they are the lifeblood of the business. Hmm. Hmm. Well, so I have, I just have a follow up. So how does somebody, um, in your position? So as a consultant, how do they gain knowledge on what's going on now? Like, how do you, um, you know, give advice on something that we haven't seen before, which is COVID. Well, it's true that we haven't seen this pandemic before, but we have seen others. Mm -hmm. um, and we can make reasonable assessments about how a pandemic will play out based on how this one is playing out and how ones in the past have played out. True. Those are still assumptions, but um, you have to have a baseline to move forward, right? You, you need mm -hmm. to be walking on some hard surface, otherwise you can't walk. It's true. <laughs> And if it, so, like I said before, if it turns out that you're wrong, that's okay. If, if you move forward down a road and decide that you want to pivot halfway down, there's nothing wrong with deciding that you want to pivot. But start with something and move forward. Okay. So all, nice. all of what you advise is based off of something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So you're not some, like, overworldly knowledge... <laughs> It's all, it's all based on something. Y yes, I am human. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> um, but, you know, some of the, most of the advice, in fact, most of the advice that I give would be good advice anytime. Um, it's particularly easy to execute against the advice that I give now, right? If you're in the middle of a massive expansion and massive growth and somebody says, wait a minute, take a step back. Try to figure out who your corporate identity is, engage with your employees. 
you're like, shut up, man. I'm in the middle of a massive expansion. Like, I don't have time for that crap. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it was still good advice then, but it's easier mm -hmm. to execute it now because things are a little slower. People have time. People have that mind space, as I was talking about, to be able to really engage with some ideas like, who is it that I want to be? How do I become that person that I want to be at a personal level and at a corporate level? Interesting. And then my job is challenge them, right? Challenge them to make sure that when they come up with an answer to those questions, that it is well considered and well thought out and then help them execute, help awesome. them build out a roadmap that gets them from here to there, help them make sure that they stay on that roadmap. Okay. Nice. So Lucas, do you have any final sentiments you would like to leave us with? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Circle back to the beginning of this and listen again. Um, you know, pick out an idea and start executing. Don't worry so much about being right. Don't worry so much about um, having the right idea or even doing it the right way. It's, mm -hmm. it's not that big a deal. Honestly, the, the most successful companies aren't the ones that had the best idea. Nor even, in many cases, were they the ones that had that idea first. Look at Google. Um, Google was not the first major search engine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the most successful companies are the ones that move forward, accepting that they will stumble, that they will make some mistakes. And in many cases, they're actually excited about those mistakes. They take them in stride, they learn from them, and they move forward. And those mistakes that they make along the way make them better, make them stronger. Mm. And that's what you should be looking for. That's what you should be excited about. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Pick a path, great, start great walking. Advice. Awesome. I love that. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. This is a very awesome conversation. I know that I learned a lot. Um, I'm sure Sam did too. So... We really appreciate it, um, and we hope that you're staying safe and healthy in this crazy time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you um, so much. I really appreciate being on here, and, and uh, yeah, I hope that you're staying safe and healthy as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Clarkson Ignite podcast. This is Sam. And I'm Annalise. Have a good one. See ya.